0: Simple steps, the faith walk. Many people believe that being saved means that you have to give up everything you think is fun or that your life has to change overnight. Our faith walk is a journey that begins with a simple step. A personal journey to the best love affair you will ever experience. A love affair that focuses on relationship, not rules or criticisms, I want to break down this love affair through applying biblical principles in a practical way. So I invite you to take this walk with me and share it with anyone you want to experience a selfless, active, unconditional love. Join me in unlocking the simple steps. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Simple Steps, The Faith Walk. Thank you for joining us. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Please feel free to go back and listen to the previous episodes. Um, don't forget to comment, give me your feedback. I look forward to hearing it so that we can improve the weeks to come. And The whole purpose of this podcast is really to help us to understand the journey, our journey to falling in love with you know, an amazing God who loves us, who wants the best for us, and to dispel some of the myths that are there about becoming a follower of Christ or becoming a, a citizen of the kingdom and so today we are going to be talking about secular does secular equal sin and what does it even mean to be secular and that word it has so many connotations that uh, you know come across as negative and are they warranted and how does it impact our lives so stay with us as we walk through simple steps wow hi pastor chris
1: Hi, Catherine Goodall. So today,
0: we are going Mm. to be talking about a hot topic that I think um, everybody can relate to. Uh, It's a word that is used a lot in the Christian space. Um, And I think we need to to dive deeper into what it means. Because when I hear the word... Most of the time we think of it as something bad or something derogatory or something exclusive, meaning, you know, it's not you don't feel included or you're being pushed away. Or, and, um, and really what we're going to talk about, the word is secular and does secular equal sin? And mm. so I actually took the time to look up the meaning of secular today because it's not something that I had ever done before. And it says um, denoting attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. Mm-hmm. So, When I think about it from that perspective, right, I'm saying, well, that's not so bad. <laughs> You know, not not everything that we do is going to be religious, right?
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, spiritual could be debatable. I mean, sometimes when we eat, that's not really a spiritual act, right?
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Um, but depending on how you think about it, you know, it could be what you're putting into your body. Um, and so I really wanted us um to talk today about the secular equals sin. But before mm-hmm. we go into that, I want you to explain to us, um, for those of us who are not saved, or even for those of us that are saved, what does that even mean? What does it mean to be saved? What does salvation mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, salvation means, um, you know, the, the the story is, you know, man sinned, and they're 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 headed, heading down a hill like they're in this vehicle, and they're heading down a hill, they're in a plane, and they're about to crash. You know they're about to die, and then God comes along and He's the hero and He, He rescues and He went and He He lived, He died on the cross and He was resurrected, and then He saved us from sin, and so forth. Um, a lot some other terms are a little bit more helpful. Um, so, so okay, there is a story of being saved. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't help ourselves. He came and He helped us. Mm-hmm. So we say He rescued us. He set us free, and so on. Some other terms are like um, uh, we are born again. You know, we we accept him as Lord of our life. You know, so the Bible says, you know, in that moment that you acknowledge his the fact that he saved you, you know, and you thank him, right? You uh, and if you accept him as Lord now because he saved you, if you accept him as as your Lord and your Savior. Then you are born again. So it's like all of these things happening at the same time that just means the same thing, right? So, it means that you. Mm-hmm, so are, I
0: need to mm-hmm. say. Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life, and that's it. I'm saved.
1: Well, I think you have to say it and mean it. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, it seems simple, but there are a lot of people who just don't want to accept the fact that they were heading down, and that that's, that, was a challenge. that is the challenge. Some people say, I wasn't headed, headed down, nothing, and I wasn't going down. You know, As a matter of fact, the things that you thought I was doing that was making me head down, I like to do them, and I still wanted to them. So it's, not, it's a little bit more challenging to be saved because not a lot of people want to admit that they need a hero because it means that something was wrong with them. So a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to confess that he's savior and Lord. They don't want to confess that they needed saving in the first place. That's a challenge most people have. So it's not so simple, but if you do get strong enough to say, thank you, Lord God, for what you did for me. I believe your story. I really do feel like I was heading down. You know, I felt feel the weight of sin on my life. I don't want to be a bad person anymore. I want to be a good person uh, and and so forth. You know, so uh, repenting of your sins uh, is a huge, big deal. You know, not everybody wants to repent, obviously. You know, broad is the gate, you know, for everybody trying to go that way. But narrow is the way for those who really want to admit. Yeah. So, uh that's
0: what it means to be that's saved that's episode <laughs> yeah 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 mm. okay, so I, I'm, I'm now saved I'm a mm. and I I'm, I'm, I've embraced this lifestyle and depending on where I come from that word secular can be really scary it can be really alienating um, and You know, sometimes depending on where you are, people can turn up your nose, turn up their nose because Mm. you're participating in Mm. activity. And so I wanted us to talk about uh, what does that mean? Uh, You know, God in the Bible in John 17, I think it was, where he talks about um, being in the world, but not of the world. But there is a part and I wrote it down. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. And for me, that's my favorite part, because it reminds me that he's not trying to take us out of the world because he wants us to be here and to impact the world, but he doesn't want us to be impacted by the evil that is in the world. And I think that that is something that um, we can flesh out a little bit more throughout the course of this conversation, But, I mean, secular, as the definition had told us before, just means something that's not of religious or spiritual basis. And so when you talk about secular activities, you talk about the music that we listen to, we talk about the parties that we might want to go to, we talk about drinking, we talk about smoking. Um, So, well, first tell me what your views are on this whole concept of secular. Mm.
1: well well, before i tell you my views i'll tell you god's views i mean the reality is by definition all right let me say this what because we're juxtaposing it to religion religious religion or religious it is the religious people uh those that are being defined as religious that are saying something wrong with secular and they use this verse they say remember god said you are not You are not of it, you're in it, but you're not of it, so that means you mustn't love it, and all them kind of things. Uh, you know, those that are religious simply are, are those that are part of the family of God, those that are part of the gathering of those that are saved and so forth. Uh, a church becomes somewhere that can be like a spiritual development hub uh, and so forth. And um, if, the, if what is religious can be so simply powerful and thought of, uh, then I don't think we need to, the religious needs to push uh, 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 such a harsh definition on secular, which is not the real definition. You know, so, so let, let me, which, get, I, which brings me to my point. My point is, God loves the secular. Yes. God created the secular. God died for the secular. He said, you know, for the, the word of God says, for, for God so loved the world that he, God so loved the what? The world, the same world that we're saying that bad and, we're of it, but we're not in it, and we're not of it, but on God. God so loved that world that He gave His own without son so that they, God so loved Him, loved the world. there's so much of it that He loves the religious stuff, He loves the family, loves the gathering, right, and He loves the spiritual development in that place. But everything else He loves as well, mm-hmm. right? And He died not really for the religious. He died for for everybody, and that includes the whole of the secular. Another scripture is, um, you know, Jesus, when he was resurrected, he said, now go and disciple the nations. Go and disciple the world. Go and care for them. Go and lead them. Go and teach them. So it, it really brings alive that scripture you rightfully pointed out because Jesus is saying, I'm not trying to get you to take, get them saved and then take them to heaven. I need them to stay here. You know, I need them to stay here and affect the world. I need them to stay here. and love the secular as much as I love the secular. Do you know that if you are, if you keep thinking you're of the world, then you can't affect the world in any, in any particular way. You're just gonna be one of them. But if you know that you are set apart, you know, uh, that you're called to a higher place, then, uh, then you can turn around and you can love the world the way God wants to love the world. Mm-hmm. Can I say something else? Yes. Um the the, the problem with the world with, with the secular problem with the world and the problem with the secular is that it has this system. It has systems that govern and systems that rule and it's mixed with good and bad. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge you know it's not that it doesn't have good. It's that that it's the it's that the bad is there. Right? There's a lot of good in the secular a lot of good great stuff that God don't have no problem with, but then there is a lot of that. The world and the secular world, um, the non-religious aspects, are mixed with light and dark, right? What Jesus said is, I need you to hate the dark, but, but, but don't be afraid of it, what, what is happening, I think. The church talks this way, the church talks down about the secular because the bad is there, and, and they're afraid of the bad. What happens when light is afraid of dark? When light is afraid of dark, it, it, it becomes crazy. It? So, Jesus says, here's the answer. He says, you are the light of the secular. I mean, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that's what the church says. The church means that when church says world is like, You are the light of the world, Jesus said. Yes. Go in and shine light, shine it, go in. Remember, you're not of it, remember, you are the light, right? Go in and don't be conformed to it. Don't be afraid of it. Go in and lead it.
0: Yeah. You know, I think about when I spend time with my friends. Um, fortunately for me, most my, my inner circle, we're all saved. <laughs> but, you know, my network is large. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. sometimes, even when I'm at work, you know, people around me, like I had a boss, At my former business, he was a managing director and at my former company. And in board meetings, he used a lot of colorful language in executive meetings. And if it's a bad word, he literally would turn around and apologize to me Mm -hmm. because he knows it's not acceptable. But it's interesting that he only apologized to me because he knows where I stand and what my position is Mm -hmm. on most things. He knows that I, I try to be that light. And so what I have found is that even with my friends, my family it's the same thing. If they're doing something around me that they know is not something that I would be doing, they apologize for it. And the fact that they can stop to think about it and apologize means that I'm clearly having some level of impact on them because if they weren't saying sorry and, and, about, and, you know, and willing to stop what they are doing, then I must be doing something wrong.
1: Exactly. Mm. And
0: so to be able to impact, like you said, other people, we need to also be a part of what is happening, what is current. I mean, my pastor will do sermons. I remember once he did a sermon called, uh, I don't remember what the sermon was called, but the theme song for the sermon was work, work, work. <laughs> Right, yes. and the yeah. point is that his sermons are relatable because even though he, he can relate to the things that are happening in the world and the things that are current and being able to shed light through what is relatable
1: mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely i mean so, so so this comes up a lot right i mean it comes up with so a lot of a lot of when we get saved when we get born again guess what in the world, this is the this is the dilemma Jesus had. He's like, should I pray that they just repent and then go up to heaven? Like, if and God is like, no, them I them never I never they, they weren't made to live in heaven. I made earth for them. Jesus said, all right, let's do. It. In other words, when you get saved, when you when you turn, right, uh, you are still in the world. You're still in places and positions and so forth. And God wants to use that. He wants to repent and turn around and Affect change. So, a lot of people ask, Well, what do I do if I work for this company and we sell so and so? What do I do if I have a boss that is so and so and so? What do I do if I. And, um, you know, I keep, I, I encourage persons and I say, Stay strong. Uh, once you can see the problems, then you know you can, God is calling you to become the answer. Mm-hmm. It's the people who can't see the problem is just a part of the problem. But if you can see the problems, ask God how you can help change it. And it's very difficult to change. Uh, the, the, the world's systems. It's very difficult to love the world and disciple the world by pretending you're not in it. So I believe God sends us in. God sends us into industries. God send us, sends us into ministries. God sends us into high places, to seats of power and positions, so that we can be that light, right? So that we can shed light on. And people are doing, Catherine, they're doing a lot more than when them cost saying sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it, they are it's a whole lot of stuff they're not saying because they can't about to say sorry to you right. there are a lot of things they're double thinking because they know you're going to object there are things that they have to think about the light is so much more powerful the good in the world is so much more powerful and they, And people with God plus good you know we can change the world Yeah. right we can change the world we have to be in there. the 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 underlining issue catherine is that i'm sorry to make it get this deep and this drastic but we are at war yeah and and the war is not the church or religion against secular yes the war is evil against good god right bad against good and, and, and
0: No, I stand corrected. You are one hundred percent right. Evil against God, not good, because there is a lot of good that's also against God.
1: Exactly. So, 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 what I am saying though is that we need to, we need to just be who God has called us to be. Be the light. You are at war. So, uh, the, the part of the issue is: so some are afraid, so they're running from darkness, and they, and they want children are you know, want kids to be afraid of the world, be afraid, blah, 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 blah. be afraid of the world, run from the world, be afraid of, rather than being strong in who they are and going in to affect change and being strong enough to go in and really influence, you know, and destroy evil. Yes. So uh, that's what I think the, that's what the calling really is. You know, that's where we really need to be.
0: So, from a practical perspective, PC,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I'm a girl that I love my oldies. I'm a girl that I will sit down on a Sunday um, and listen to souls all day. I'm a very lover. Berris Haman is my favorite artist. Um, and so a lot of the time, you know, you hear that you're a Christian. You can't listen to secular music. You must just listen to gospel and praise and worship all the time. From a practical perspective, is this real? I mean, uh, is this actually expected of us? And, you know, just tell me generally what your take is, because, you know, mm-hmm. why?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well I, I, I have a very successful personal take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this just ha- kind of happened to me. Um, so I was in the world and I was mixed up. In things, and I was into involved in all kind of things, right? In the world, and, and what we're talking about is the bad stuff uh, and the grey stuff, right? And um, so then I got saved, and but I I never went on a rampage. Uh, I never I never went on an internal war within myself to say no to things that were bad. Listen carefully, this is me. I'm just telling you, and it works, isn't it? I w- I started to say yes to some stuff. I started some new stuff, mm-hmm. and what happened was the old kind of got squeezed out. So I- I- I've n- I- I've never fought to say no. What I did was I went on a journey of yes. Listen, because it works, you know. In other words, uh, you know, if you start, to, if you start, if you start being kind, you kind of eventually stop being a mean, right? When you start giving, eventually you stop. Living to take, mm-hmm. right? When you start leading, you stop following back of people. I mean, these are the things, that, and it, it it hit me because i had a mentor and he said, ah, okay, because I was saying, right? I come down, I visit in Jamaica, I used to live in foreign, come down to Jamaica. All of my my niggas them, all of my boys, them on the road, right? And there, yo, Chris is down here, Chris. You know, we're meeting up at so and so house. I can't call no name, but you don't know them. Right. And I said, We're meeting at this person also, Lincoln, they were gonna come pick me up and all these kind of things. And and a mentor said, here's what you do. Uh, you need to focus on how you can start to lead them. You need to, you need to be the one inviting them to something because you're still a follower. You're still running behind them. I know you love them. I know they're nice guys, even though it's very foolish as what's going to do. The, the point is, I had to decide whether I was going to create events that were good or just go to events that had good and bad mix up in it and evil mix up with it. Right, right. Once you start to be faithful, you you stop cheating and being unfaithful. Once you start being respectful, you stop being disrespectful. So I I propose that Jesus, right, is calling you to a life of saying yes rather than a life of saying no. Mm -hmm. When we focus on all the no's, right, it it becomes when we start doing God's will, we stop doing ours. I I started listening to worship music. I never stopped listening to my Stone Love and my HMV. Who out there know HMV? Yes. Right? I never stopped listening to Stone Love and HMV and, and, and um, Delano and, them, and Renaissance. I never stopped. That wasn't what I stopped because I was in foreign and had a mixed cassette and them things. Yes. I didn't stop, you know. I started. I just started listening to some worship music. And then eventually, after a little while, I started to realize I really feel good listening to this a little bit more than I feel good listening to this. And it was, and and I just went on a journey the the yes to God took me somewhere, you know, there are some things in the gray areas. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and my, so it's saying yes, but there's some things in the gray areas, for instance, like drinking, I still haven't.
0: Yeah, go on, go on, go on. I think you talk about music, for a second, and I and I will tell you from my personal experience that
1: mm-hmm.
0: I I love 90s dance hall and or I loved used to love 90s dancehall and I used to listen to it all the time because I don't really listen to the radio. I used to say, "No, I understand how my parents feel. It sounds like noise on the radio, so I don't listen to the radio." And I realized that as I grew, I started to listen to the lyrics of the songs more than the rhythm. And I was just like, what are they saying? Is
1: that that most? And mm. and then
0: I realized that I was just, it makes you aggressive. And so in Jamaica, driving is a a talent, right? And (laughs) so um, I know that I can be an aggressive driver. And I know that in Jamaica, um, that aggression is escalated a million times and what I had to actually do is find something that was going to help to give me peace and I I used to say that God sent me back to Jamaica to teach me patience and it was from Mm. driving Mm. and so I literally started to listen to praise and worship every single day only when I'm driving to date I still listen to praise and worship when I'm driving because it keeps me in a frame of mind that my pastor also did a sermon and for some reason he was throwing stones at me and talking about how we communicate with people when we're driving. Mm. So that made me even more conscious Um, and honestly playing praise and worship um, in the car when I'm on the road it puts me in a completely different headspace Mm. because it makes me conscious of the spirit of God being with me and i and i'm more aware of what i say how i say it even how i drive even -hmm. how i drive Mm -hmm. and so when you talk about things like what we feed ourselves and that was real for me and you talked about it's not about what we stop doing but what we start doing and for me it wasn't about me Stopping, stop listening to dance hall. It was, I started listening to praise and worship because, like you said, it's how, how it made me feel mm. and the way that it gave me, and the way that yeah. it started to interact with people, and how it made me think. And so, for me, like you said, it wasn't about not doing something, but it was about starting to do something else that put me in a better space. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I
0: remember. Once um, again, I love to talk about my past and his sermons because they're so relevant and real. (laughs) Um, We're talking about the music that we listen to and how it feeds us and some of the things that we watch. And I realized that I didn't think that I was being affected. But I remember I don't watch things like Scandal and those kinds of shows just because... I realize I'm impacted by movies in a different way you now than I was before. Like, I'm a lot more sensitive to the content. Mm. I'm a lot more of sensitive to the things that people say, the types of relationships that are being displayed. Um, and so, for me, uh, I, I guard against the things that affect me. And so, um, what I did realize, though, is that. What we feed ourselves is what is what we nurture. So, mm. what things that we're choosing to feed ourselves is what is going to continue to grow in our lives. So, I'm single, <laughs> and I have um, been trying to be, or you know, I've made decisions in my life about being celibate and all of these things. And at, at first, it wasn't a challenge to me. And I, like I said, I love berries. I love souls but there was a period in my life where i realized that when i watch certain movies or listen to certain music it made me feel some type of way mm-hmm. and so again it wasn't about not listening to soul or not listening to my berries it was about well when you listen to this song it kind of make you feel away. way so mm-hmm. start listening to something else because you know the direction that you're moving in and you know what you don't want to feel and so, um, in a real way, it was. It, I was reminded of, you know, what we feed ourselves and how that impacts our lives. So, whether we're a new Christian or we are, a, you know, mature Christian, different at different stages in our life or at different seasons, we can be. Something can impact us one way today, and five years from now, it impacts us in a different way. And so we have to be very cognizant of that in every area of our life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, to to what you said, you said that you asked yourself the question, how do I want to feel? Because if I listen to something, it's going to make me feel. How do I want to be thinking? Because if I listen or what I put in is how I'm going to be feeling and how I'm going to to be thinking. I think um, at some point in time, Catherine, I think a lot of people get mature um, enough to admit something, you know, and it can happen to somebody when they're a teenager. It can happen in their 20s. It can happen later on. But uh, when somebody comes to a point of maturity where they can say, um, where am I going? Am I going somewhere? If I, I, I'm going somewhere, so I, there's some things I have to do to get there. And okay. some things I have to stop doing. You know, do I want to be healthy? I have to stop eat this. Mm-hmm. Do I want to be powerful and strong? and effective, well, then I have to start doing some things. Okay. And, and that's when we become dissatisfied. That's when we listen, uh, you know, more carefully. You know, somebody was telling me, So, so somebody was telling me this, this guy that he was a professional athlete, a professional football player. Mm-hmm. And this guy was so healthy. All of his life, he had been an athlete. And this guy, everything he ate, he knew how it was going to affect him when he was on the field. I mean, it could be a slice of pizza, It could be drinking a soda. Everything he inputted, he knew because he was so much, so determined to get somewhere, and he had studied his body. You know, anything he did, he knew how it was going to act. He couldn't drink liquor, but everything, you know, staying up at a certain time, he was so much saying, I'm going to be an expert. I'm going to be professional. This thing is calling me, and it's stronger than the foolish, the, the, the soda, it's stronger than... And this, I mean, that, that level of discipline, you know, that athletes have in knowing that this machine that God has given them, this heart, this soul, for some of us, it's our heart, our mind, our soul. If you say, no, I'm going to be celibate, I'm going to wait, I want integrity, I want purity, you know, I want to to, to become this, I want to... Uh, some of those things are what drives us um, out of just being in the gray, even, you know. And I hope that people listening to us here now would find something that drives them so much that it has them being disciplined has them not just listening to anything you know setting standards for ourselves that take us to a higher place to a more peaceful place to a more joyful place to a more purposeful place
0: so we're talking a while ago before you're going into this drinking thing and a lot of mm-hmm. people of course, like to say, "Well, the first miracle that Jesus performed was he turned water into wine."
1: Hey, I believe <laughs> it! I believe it. That's fine You're, with me.
0: Right. Um, so, what what does the Bible tell us about drinking?
1: The Bible says, "If it's time to celebrate, drink, eat the fat and drink the wine." In other words, th- there's a place for it. Okay. You know, it, in celebration uh and so forth you know the bible talks a lot about it they lived in a culture where it's agricultural and some of agriculture is wine producing and so forth grain producing wine producing so that's what they did uh and so but but just on a biblical principle um here's what i've learned i ask because i don't i drink alcohol Mm -hmm. right in other words i haven't said i'm not going to drink alcohol Right, and so but here's what I ask myself, and and you can you can ask this of what you eat, what you drink, what you listen to, everything. I say, why am I drinking? I have to be able to tell somebody why am I drinking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, don't just drink without a why. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: When am I drinking? Very important. When is it? Is it the night before I work? Is it when? When is it? Is it the night before I preach? Is it before I pick up my children from work? Is it before I go on the road and drive? when am I drinking? Mm-hmm. Where am I drinking? Very, very, very important. If you are, if you are an important person, where you drink, is it in private? Is it with, is it with people that I can trust? You know, so, so where am I? I'm, I'm in a safe place. I'm in a comfortable place. I'm good. Where am I drinking? Uh, how much am I drinking? Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody thinks that that's the only question. Well, I'm only drinking liquor. I'm drinking what I can manage. Right? It's how much, and then also with who. Catherine, I asked, I've asked all these questions and I don't drink with everybody anymore. Right. Right. And I don't drink everywhere anymore. Right? At my birthday, like five years ago, I, me and my average and then go out. I was and there. I have like, you, you, you saw that? Jesus. I was there. We were just at this very secular place, but good, nice, decent place. And of course, I'm just drinking a Heineken and these guys are mixing, right? And them are by, the, by the bar. And, you know, I went home the next day And everybody was asking where where was Pastor Chris was. So it, I was with men that I love and I trust, and I know that I'm good with drinking. That you know, if if I have too much, if or whatever, I'm I would drink it with the right people. We were celebrating; it was the right reason. The where was a problem. So you might find that you have some, you know, uh, you 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 have all the questions answered, but then one thing is off. The where was a problem. Okay, I never know say. People see me on TV or on the internet, and then they might ask Catherine. Catherine, I saw your pastor. is friends with those guys, and I saw them out in the night, and they were drinking. Because I heard, I heard, I did all kinds of stuff that night. And I said, well, the wear is very, very important. So if uh, the, the more the more you care about yourself, mm-hmm. the more you're not just careless. The more you care about yourself, the more you you grew up in a house where. Pilots can't drink. I make nobody see them drink. Don't drink at all. Right, and the, the, the pilots cannot drink. I mean, I have friends that are pilots, and they say we drink, but it's whip. We can only drink. It, it's wet. Wh- you can't drink the night before. You you can't. You can't. They, 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 they just know. I'm just saying. So, so the truth is, we really have to be mature about if there is a gray area. Ask all the right questions. Yeah. You know, people
0: the ask. Chris. Hmm. Remind us of the Somebody,
1: Why? Why are you wearing that? Mm -hmm. When you're wearing that thing, that tight thing you're wearing, where are you wearing it? Go. How much, how much you drink and with who. So the why, the when, the where, the how much, and with who is extremely important with these things. You could be doing something simple, but with the wrong people, and it take you down the wrong path. Why, when, where, how much, with who. And again, you can apply this to what you wear. You can apply this to what you eat. You can apply this to, 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 to all kinds of little things that you think are great. The Bible never said not to do it, but you do have to make some considerations. Yeah, I
0: love that you brought that up, Pastor Chris, because um, even though we talked about like our dress code and how we carry ourselves before, I want to touch on it for the people that didn't get a chance to listen to the previous episodes. Um, you said it a while ago, you know, when you're thinking about what what to wear, we have to think about why we're wearing it, what kind of attention mm-hmm. we want to get, where we're going,
1: who we're with,
0: who we with, exactly. And, and so it, I, I love that you brought that up because these questions are, are ideal to ask, like you said, in every single situation, what we're eating, mm-hmm. um, you know, drinking, reading, watching, um, mm-hmm. it applies to everything. And I think mm-hmm. that, that helps us to establish that word um, that is a, a, um, a very popular word, balance. Um, and it really helps us to weigh if what we're doing is something that we really want to be doing or if, it, if it's something that we can avoid doing. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True, true, um, true. Yeah. True,
0: that's good. So what about going to a party?
1: well i mean what kind of party you know there are so so many different kinds of parties and we're in the corona season so it's not advisable at all no but right now (laughs) but back in the day when we used to i mean again i never ever said i'm going to stop going but but a part of um you know part of who god has called us to be who we are in our profession part of what we're trying to do kind of determines how we're seen where we're seen and why we go everywhere you know, um, if you are the boss of a company and you have an office party, which is obviously wonderfully nice, secular, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. You just have, anybody, you know, people are drinking and eating and so forth. The boss has to, to be mindful of how he's carrying himself. So I'm saying you should never not be you. You should never say, well, I'm going to go out to where I don't have to be me. I don't have to be the the light. I don't have to be the good me. The boss has to say, I, it's Monday morning, I still have to go lead these people. So I can't be out there going on like if." another sense, but not only the boss, the employees too, yes. because they're being watched by other employees. So I'm, I'm saying, why should we then, a lot of people, when they go out, they try to go out to places where they can let loose. Mm-hmm. They try to go places where they can do what they want to do and don't have to answer for it. And some of that's just, the, the, the why you want to go out is, is one of the biggest things, you know? So, so like right now, the most I go and go out, like, so Christmas time, you know, you have your nice utopia. You have your nice parties where you, I know that if I go to one of these parties, I will see everybody I know from my bond, right? So I know I'm going to see everybody from all the girls that went to my clip, from Catherine's age and up to my... And so you, so you know that there's some place you can go where you can see everybody that's a little bit more mature um, in the way people are acting and, and so forth, security. So let me tell you... you I think you have to decide whether you're going to be a, a, a mature a mature person or not. Uh, so so I will go to somewhere like that because there's a good reason. I can see everybody. Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, you passed in, my God, and your hair, this isn't that's interesting. I'm going to come here to Sunday morning. Okay. And so so there are, it is possible to have a good effect. Some people in going out, they network and there's some seasons where the more I go out is the more I can see people. I met Catherine Goodall I don't know if she'll remember. Not that I saw her on before, but I met you with Leighton Davis mm-hmm. at um, you remember his word? It was at at um Fashion Week. Oh,
0: Caribbean Fashion Week.
1: Caribbean Fashion Week. And it was, it was like, it was late in the night, it was out, out. You were obviously working because you were in like a work mode. And you were like Leighton and so on and so on, and so on. And yeah, I know, yeah, and I know your brother, and I know, and you know, so we're kind of new people. Um, but you get to know people and then the next maybe two weeks from that, you're at church and look at this. So the point is, we have to be very, very careful. Again, you see, if you are light and you're not afraid of the dark and you're strong enough, then you can go in.
0: And you know, I like when you said that, OPC, because if you're strong enough.
1: You have to and, be strong enough.
0: And I think that that is something that we also need to be mindful of. Where we are in our journey actually matters. Yes. And I think that it's important for us to be honest with ourselves about where we are in our journey and what's actually mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about, you know, who is around yourself with, um, you know, why, where, how much mm-hmm. it's important to understand that all of those other things actually are impacted by where we are in our journey. Now Absolutely. People that we're choosing to hang out with, where are they? in not only their journey but in respect of your journey because if you're going out i mean i have friends who are they're christians but we don't we're not in the same place in our journey but at the same time they are absolutely very respectful of where i am and so whereas i mean most of my friends they don't even my best friend she doesn't drink um you know, we are at different places in our walk, but she's always very respectful and very mindful of where I am and will always reinforce and even defend, if necessary, my my, where I am.
1: yeah. Yeah. so I
0: know that I can go anywhere with her and I don't have to worry about myself being compromised. I don't have to worry about being put in a compromised situation in any way.
1: That's good, that's good, that's good. That's key, I think that's key.
0: Absolutely. My birthday, I had to, not last year, two years ago, I had to work and I went to an event that I never in a million years would have gone to if I wasn't working. And so they said to me, they wanted us to go to eat roast duck, which is my favorite. And I told them I had to go to work. And where I, and the minute I told all four of them where I was going to work, they were like, oh Lord, because they knew I didn't want to be there. And they mm. said, okay, we'll come with you.
1: Wow, wow. wow. And they all Super. came with
0: me because they knew one, I didn't want to be there. And two, they, they were creating a safe space for me.
1: mm, mm. I, I mean, I'm glad you said it because like when you were talking before, I was saying that 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 is the key. The the the, the, having strong people around you, uh, because uh, somebody somebody said to me, sometimes good love for going like them bad. Yes. So sometimes good people think them bad enough for going. You know, well let them stop me. I don't drink anymore. How long? Two weeks now. Me, me stop drinking You know, so go and they're in a bar and then all of a sudden they start drinking again. You know, or or I think I can handle my liquor. So sometimes good people end up in bad situations and, and, and stuff like that. So I think uh, one of the things I've been blessed with, and I'm so glad you've been blessed with it too, are our friends that are very, very mindful and support. But I've been so intentional. I've chosen uh, who I'm going to be friends with based on, based on what I know I need. You know, So I, I, you know, God has helped and provided. So if, I, if I'm going to go somewhere, then I know the contingent of, of strong men that are, you know, um, we'll watch my back and know, uh, you know, I'm not talking watch my back against bad man. I mean, watch my back against liquor and woman around me and just all these kind of things. So, so it, it is, a lot of times we think that we are strong enough on the inside mm-hmm. and the strong enough, the strongest thing we can ever have on in our life, i preached a sermon before, mm-hmm. your strongest weapon in, in your life might actually not be inside you, it might be outside you. In other words, the people you surround yourself with yeah. the birds of a feather that you flock with that will get you to where you want to get, you know, and I think that that's powerful. I mean, I hope, I hope that people listen to you here, you know, tap into those friends that are going in the same direction and um, journey with them because it it makes light shine better. It makes us navigate more in a more balanced way through some of these gray areas. It, it can make us more effective, you know, uh, and, and so forth. The, the, I just have to say I please do if you are only comfortable in religious environments if you are only comfortable in church if you are only comfortable in the gathering of the saints if you are only comfortable when it's spiritual development time you're going to have a problem yes right you will not be effective out there you yes. need to get strong you need to surround yourself with some people that are strong and get out there and change your world
0: yes Absolutely. You know, PC, I think one thing that's important for us to point out as well is that it's not even about restrictions or limitations. You know, I I tell people all the time that if I knew earlier that the Bible was a guide to life, I would be in a better place because it really it provides us with guardrails and so the fact that and, and guardrails for a lot of us when we think about it is protective it's for our safety It's to make sure we don't go over the cliff mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. so when we think about um the the the, the guardrails that are put in place because like you said the bible t- wants us to celebrate but it also speaks to being excessive right and so mm-hmm. in anything that we do when we pick up bad habits like smoking it's not good for us, you know? So the things that we would eventually stop doing are things that weren't even good for us in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and so when we think about um, what it is that we're not doing, right? What we should be thinking about is what are we protecting ourselves from? What are the things that, that we could be doing instead of doing this, that will make our lives more full?
1: That's where the answer is. Yeah, exactly.
0: And Mm so it's about, you know, this walk that we're on is about being intentional about the choices that we make. It's about putting ourselves in tempting situations that we know we're not strong enough to deal with. You know, the Bible says that God never gives gives us more than we can bear. But the reality is that we oftentimes put ourselves in situations (laughs) that we know we're not ready for. Mm
1: -hmm, And mm -hmm. then we'll turn
0: around and cost God in process.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) True. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And so I really think it is so important for us to leave everybody tonight with the four points that you made in every single decision that we're making in our lives, secular or unsecular, <laughs> what's our why? What's the reason that we're doing it? And, and you know, mm-hmm. I think our intention is 90% of what it is that we need to th- uh, 90% of what we need to think about in every single thing that we do. Because a lot of the time we over-spiritualize things and our motive behind it is wrong. Mm. And so we need to remember that our why is more important than anything else, yeah. and our where, or what we need to think about how much, how much of whatever it is that we're doing is it excessive, um, and with who? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? Who are we doing these things with? Who are we participating in these activities with? You know, um it, it's so important, and I, I think that. If nothing else, that is what we want to leave people with tonight. The why, the where, how much, and the who, with who. Um, I think that that's in itself is, if nothing else, those are the things that we need to take away from this conversation.
1: Mm, amen. And God loves the secular. The secular is as good as you make it. Absolutely. And it's as it's as bad as it wants to be if you're not in it but it's as good as we make it.
0: Amen. So we thank you everybody for joining us. And we hope that you got a lot out of this because at the end of the day, what we want for you to understand is that this journey is, you know, it's about a relationship. It's about falling in love with somebody that has our best interests at heart and understanding that everything that he does is for our benefit. Mm -hmm. And he understands us. He meets us at our point of need. And so he sets up situations and parameters and guidelines to help us to live our best life. Because that's what he wants from us at the end of the day. And so, you know, he created us to to exist in this world. He created us to be a part of this world. And he created us to impact the world. And the only way we can do that is if we are a part of it but impacting what is happening in the world and not allowing the world to impact us.
1: Amen. Amen. Preacher. I mean, Pastor Catherine type, type in the chat, send her, a, send her a comment and say, Catherine, I think you need to be a pastor. We'll so Pastor Chris know. ordain, ordain <laughs> Catherine as a pastor. She's.
0: Thanks. Pastor Chris. Next
1: week. Bye Catherine. Bye everybody.